let's introduce you to our next guest. Um, Trevor Baller is joining us now. Trevor, good morning. Hey, good morning. Welcome back. Or I can't say welcome back because you always, you know. <laughs> She's always in your heart and mind, right, Trevor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw your tweet. I saw your tweet. The first thing you said is, Eek, I get to hear talk to Chelsea Bird. <laughs> well, She's the superstar. <laughs> I, okay, I appreciate you saying that. Trevor, you and I, we do, we do sort of have a history with one another. We followed each other on social media for years. Trevor owns a company that does photography and video services. And I feel like sometimes as it goes with someone that you follow online for, for a long time, you sort of get a sense that you, that you know each other in, in a real way. Trevor, I would describe you as someone who you post a lot, you work a lot, but what I'm learning today or what I was learning getting ready for the show is that life didn't really always look the way that it does for you now. So tell us a little bit about back in 1997, you had moved to Edmonton and the circumstances that you found yourself in that led you to Santa's Anonymous. Sure. And hi, Daryl, to you also. Yeah, thanks, Trev. Yeah. It was about it was a different economy back then. It was about 25 years ago, and I was driving back and forth to Edmonton, you know, selling selling long distance because of deregulation. There was good market in Edmonton, staying in a hotel downtown in Edmonton there. And then and then I just was driving back one Monday morning and drove under those highway signs. And I don't know, something on that sign said, move to Edmonton, move to Edmonton, you know, because I was caught up in the life of partying in Calgary, which is easy to do, you know, and just go to days and days and days sometimes. And I, I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to get a better life for me. So I asked my wife at the time, we had three boys, hey, you want to move to Edmonton? And she was okay with that. So I don't think she thought it was very permanent anyway. So, so we, we, we like moved really fast to Edmonton and everything was great here. The economy was great. You could get get condo nice condos here for five hundred and twenty five dollars and and get a month or two free and all that everything was great and so it worked but then the market tapped out and we sold all our long distance to everybody and i didn't have a job and the economy here wasn't very good at that time and there was no construction jobs there was nothing and so i i kind of tanked you know and i got i had to do the humble thing and go to social assistance which was when i'll always remember it was like such a humbling time in my life to go into the waiting room there you know and you're what am i doing why am i here you know and but then there was this really kind social worker who says you know what I, you have a resume here you're gonna get a job and you're gonna be fine and it was the best encouragement ever but, and i did get a job soon after that and that's and, really and that's really hard too when you've got uh, you have a wife at home you have three boys and there's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility so that that would have been difficult to, to run through Mm-hmm. Very humbling, and now I'll never look down on that kind of scenario ever. I always want to help people back in that school or in that situation because I've been there, you know, and then I was a single dad years after that and saw how hard that is financially and all that. And I think yeah. something about your story, Trevor, that strikes me is that it's it's almost like it's so easy to find yourself in a situation where, you know, those ends are hard to meet. And with three kids, I mean, you want to provide them with something for Christmas. It's not necessarily just about, it's not about the cost of the gift or how much they're getting. It's just about them waking up with that anticipation of feeling like there's something that's there for them. They've been thought of, they've been, you know, they've been considered. So when you, when you did get to Santa's Anonymous, what kind of impact did that have on your boys on that Christmas morning and, and on yourself as well? Well, it's more like the feeling of worthiness that you get, you know, from the whole scenario. I don't really remember a lot of it, but I do remember it was like Saturday morning, got a, a doorbell ring, and I don't even remember 
right now if I actually applied for it or if somebody put my name in or like that. But it's like, you know, that man that you spoke to before, Dan the Elf? Mm-hmm. It was like a man like in that, that kind of nature. He came to our door, and I always remember the kind older man, you know, just that typical dad figure, you know. And, and like when you get something from that, you're really humbled and you're kind of embarrassed. But he just had this way of, of making you feel okay, you know, that they don't look down on you. Like, here you go, here you go, uh, you know, you're poor and all that stuff. But no, it, they, get, they help you feel worthy. You know, that's always my that's always my keyword is worthy. And he made me feel worthy the way he handled the package. I don't remember what was there. I don't remember the toys or anything like that. But there was something to do with food, like turkey in there and all that. that that's what I remember. And um, they were feeding us at the time. And just that boost. It was like a morale booster for them to come to the door. And it really wasn't about the presents or anything like that that came in there. But I'm sure it was for the bo- my three boys at the time and all that stuff. And and I'll always remember that, you know, and I always want to give back each year. Uh, yeah, so was it, well, you ended up getting a job fairly quickly uh, after that, I understand. Anyway, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, yeah. did you did you have uh, Status Anonymous after that, or it wasn't any need? It was no. just a short-term thing, and but obviously yeah. it made an impact because, like you said, you give back. No, it was, it was a one-time thing, you know, and then you find a job and you get on with life, you know, and, and then... And then I start to remember, you know, when I started my own business years later and and they used to have like Charlie Morgan at the time doing it. And I'm saying, I got to get involved in this more. And I got to remember my roots. I got to remember where I came from, you know, and the people who helped me and all that stuff. And it was like, and so I always have a passion out for Santa's Anonymous. And that's really what it does is, you know, you you receive or you get involved in some way and then it sort of fuels that passion for life for a lot of people to continue to get involved and to continue to give. And Trevor, as you mentioned, you've been in that circumstance before. So now looking to help others is just, it's a no-brainer for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what it is. And I'm very thankful for the organization for that time. You know, it's it's, it's a moral booster. Yeah. Yeah, and that was an interesting thing that you also said, too. It wasn't about the presence. It was about uh, the presence of individuals who mm-hmm. said that they cared. And uh, thank mm-hmm. you for sharing your, your story. It's, it's a long time ago. You've come a long way, but it's, uh, it's great to hear how sad as Anonymous played a role uh, in your past. So, Trevor, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, and I hope the best for you guys today, and I hope the most successful day ever. Thanks, Trevor. Take care. Thanks for being on. Okay, see you guys later. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.